Learn how to build a better sign and print shop from a few crusty sign guys who've made more mistakes than they care to admit. Conversations and advice on pricing, sales, marketing, workflow, growth, and more. You're listening to the Better Sign Shop Podcast with your hosts, Peter Kurunis, Michael Riley, and Bryant Gillespie. Today's topic, before we get into that, let me introduce myself. You've got Brian Gillespie here. You've got the sign shop Yoda himself, Peter Karunas. He's back from technical difficulty land, and we have sign shop Spock, Michael Riley. I don't like that, man. I really don't. It doesn't set the right tone for me. It's got the three S's, though, the sign shop Spock. I mean, that, to me, yeah. rolls off the tongue really nice. I was just um, never a Star Trek and guy. and he can do that thing with the hand. All right, so what should my nickname be? Okay. Sign Bunny. Sign Money. I don't know. Sign Bunny. <laughs> Shh. So, oh, the Sign Bunny. <laughs> yeah, just like that go. picture back in the day. Can't let you do that one, man. All right, we're gonna rock with that for today, though. The topic today is why investing in your marketing is important. We touched on this at the end of the call last episode. When you're trying to cut expenses, the tendency may be to kind of cut some of your marketing and advertising expenses. But the argument today is that is a terrible idea. And Peter has six analogies for this. So Peter, hit us with the analogies. Keep the faucet running. That's where we're going to start here today. Keep the faucet running. It's very important that you do not, just like we said on the last episode to not cut off the head of your entire operation. You need those calls coming in. You need people to see you. You need walk-ins if you're in that retail environment. If you're in a brick and mortar, industrial park, warehouse, how else are people going to find you if they can't drive past you, walk past you, but they're gonna need to see you somewhere. So when they need signs, printing, graphics, wraps, whatever you wanna call it, how else are you guys going to show up? So that's what we're going to be talking about here today. The importance of investing in your marketing, the do's and don'ts and all that other jazz. So what does the marketing look like for you, Peter? Obviously you're the only one on the call that still has this, even though yep. Mike and I still talk to side shop owners every single day, but yep. you know, what does your marketing look like? Yeah, that's a great question, first and foremost. And when I speak to sign shop owners, it's I'm dabbling a little bit in Google, I'm dabbling a little bit here and there. You want to be primarily where people are searching for what you're looking for. And marketing is just not what, what? It's just not Google. It's not, that's not the only thing that you can do. I think it's very important that we, that you have a broader spectrum of a marketing strategy here that crosses over digital what you can do from a business development perspective. Maybe you have an outside salesperson, networking events, chamber, community events, things of that nature. So I don't think the answer is just one. And my shop for one is doing a little bit of everything. We, I wouldn't say that I have the best marketing approach by any stretch, but in order to generate leads, which is exactly what we're talking about, we're not looking for customers right away we're looking for leads right away leads turned into estimates so a lead could be just hey anybody just saying hey how much for a banner how much for a road sign i'm my son's graduating college and i want to put one of those congratulations 
2022 graduate sign. I realize that you're going to get tons and tons of different requests, but it's important to be where your customers are searching for this. And when they are searching for it, that you show up. If you search for lawn signs or graduation signs, if you got nothing but flatbed printing going on in your shop, this is a very big time of the year, right? Graduation, schools are making, are buying signs right now. Lawn signs are very popular. So if that's what you're doing, well, then you need to make sure that you have somebody that's telling you, this is what people are searching for. This is where you need to be. And this is how much you need to spend to show up there. So let me push back on you guys a little bit, being that you speak to a lot of sign shop owners. What would you say is the number one hurdle when it comes to marketing when you're speaking to these owners? Are they not having enough money? Is it not sure where, when to do it? Is it how much should I be putting into these channels? What would you say is the biggest hurdle for you? I was that you hear a, a, a total lack of marketing for some of them, especially like the smaller guys. Yeah. Like marketing is such a broad topic and everybody knows they need to be marketing their shop, but without narrowing it down further, it's just overwhelming. Like, where do I start? So a marketing could be like, Hey, we're spending money on Google ads or we've set up our Google. Is it, I think it's the Google, my business profile. Or maybe they call it something else now. You like posting on Facebook, things like that. I, there's a, a lot of shops that I talk to that, that aren't spending a lot on advertising. They would say that they're doing some marketing, but they're, they don't do a lot of it or they don't feel like they're doing enough marketing. The biggest lead generation strategy that I hear from customers or clients that I'm working with or just people talking to in the industry is word of mouth, <laughs> like. We just depend on referrals, which referrals are great. They can be great. For me, it's too unreliable. I see a lot of shops that don't understand the value in marketing or don't really even understand what marketing is. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is confusing marketing with selling marketing and sales. And they're not the same thing at all. They're two totally different disciplines or practices. And they approach marketing as more of a sales effort or sales tactic when marketing is really just making yourself known and visible and present in your community, whatever your community is, your community being your prospective market that you sell in. Not hard selling, not going out and knocking on doors, not asking for the work, but being visible and present and approachable and accessible to whomever is going to buy from you. And that takes a lot of work. There's a lot of effort that goes into that above and beyond just knocking on doors. Most of that is, is establishing relationships and networking and just being there so that when somebody has a need for your product, they think of you first versus somebody else. And then the sign industry, we're decapped in a way because there's not an immediate impulse buy for a sign. You mm. know, if I buy a sign shop, like an ad for a sign company, be like, oh, I need a sign. You don't know, you don't do that, especially larger signs are... The larger the sign, the more of a capital purchase that it is, and it's planned for, it's budgeted for, and it's not necessarily an instant sale. If you're talking about a banner or something like that, it's a little bit different of a story. Regardless in this industry, there's really no such thing as an impulse buying. So the only thing you can do is hope that you maintain that top of mind presence for your clients or your potential clients so that when you have that need arise, they remember you. And I think a lot of shops just don't get that concept of just staying in front of people and a lot of other shops they i've seen take the i don't know if you guys have ever heard the term the field of dreams approach remember the movie field of dreams <laughs> you know, if, yeah man if you build it they will come yeah i'm going to open up a sign shop and 
they'll come. They're going to support my business. <laughs> hey, do you have work that's going to go on this $100,000 printer right now? Exactly. Uh, no, yeah, no, we'll no. find it. Uh, it'll be all right. People are going to beat down my door for this flatbed printing. I was born and raised in the golf industry. My family owned a golf course, and that's where wow. I cut my teeth in small business. And that that is the only way to market a golf course is the field of dreams. If you build a golf course, golfers are going to come out of the woodwork, come spend money with you. But our business and really any service business isn't like that. You can't just wait for people to find you have to stay visible in front of them and aggressively so that when they do have that need, they remember you. It's not for the lazy marketing and sign company, because if you lazy, if you turn off that faucet or if you wait for that faucet to turn itself on, it's not going to, and you're not going to have any business. That's really interesting. I took a couple takeaways from that is that I completely forgot just for a few seconds there that our industry is a destination industry, right? You, your analogy of driving by saying, I need a sign totally put, puts things in perspective for me because it doesn't happen every day. It, our needs come up when with other businesses needs arise. So we don't know when that's going to be. That could be today. That could be next week. That could be next month. That could be next year. So it's important that you're doing everything that you can. If this is your forte, if this is your niche, if this is your, again, I'm going to get into this in a second, but if this is what you're doing in your shop, this is what you want to advertise for. And you want to maximize on all of these search terms for when people are searching for you on the internet, because that's a very big component to how people are going to find you. I don't think any of us here in this group or owner that we've talked to disagrees with that. Like you have to have a digital presence. You need to have some sort of digital presence. But when it comes to other things that you can do, other income producing activities that you're, that do not require an, a monetary investment, but may require a, a time investment on your behalf, those are some of the other aspects to what you can bring to your business. So this is just something that, that I could do that I would advise my clients, my sign shop owners that I speak to, to basically do here. And that's to drive content. Well, the break on you real quick, Peter, I think one of the things that you said just now, super important to emphasize is when we say investing, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're investing like, Hey, I've got $5,000 that I'm putting into marketing or advertising this month. Actually investing your time and building a system or these channels uh, of marketing that are going to get a return for you. All right. Sorry. Sorry to park. No, I, maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't say that. And, but I'm certainly emphasizing that big asterisks, big exclamation points here. Barry Bond size asterisks or Mark McGuire asterisks or <laughs> not a baseball fit. No, I'm a huge baseball fan. I would definitely go with like big poppy asterisk and kind of stick, kind of stick with that. Investment doesn't always mean money. It could also mean time. I'd like to argue, but yeah, not just money could definitely be time there. But one of the, one of the easiest things that you can do with your time is tell a story. A lot of times content right now is what people are looking for is how our search engines are looking for. So if we could just tell a little story, a press release, but give me an idea of a customer you worked with. This is the project that you worked on. This is the, what you did for them. Let's get a customer review and tell them a little bit about how you helped them, their business grow. Like that is a, that's some really rich content 
that you put on your website. And that's going to grow organically. That's not going to happen right away. I think we can all agree that like when you draw up a press release, it takes an hour or two hours of your time to do, but you're not going to get a customer tomorrow from it. You might get a customer later on down the year, later on down the line from it, but that's what you're doing. You're setting the seed today for business that's going to come in the future. So that's a time commitment. Doesn't really cost you anything to blog post on your website. So that's just one of those income producing activities that just, it doesn't really require anything other than an idea and the time to enforce that idea. The foundation of your marketing in this day and age has to be your website. If I'm shopping for a sign or even anything, if I'm shopping for a local bakery, I'm trying to buy a cake for my wife. Like the first stop is Google cakes, yep. Bluefield, West Virginia, like who's making a cake. And I'm going to look at their website and doesn't jive with me. Like I'm going to find the next one that does. The website has to be one of the main focuses of your marketing. I don't think you need like a, a real elaborate website, but it, you definitely need to spend some time. So adding content to it is a, a great way to, to build that audience over time. I've talked to a lot of customers that have launched new websites. They've taken this huge effort to build this website. And if you're doing it yourself, it's always like this long drawn out process and you get to the end of it and you're like, click the button, the website is launched and then it's crickets because it like it, that kind of stuff takes time to build. As you mentioned, like content, blog posts, websites, just building that following online. It doesn't happen overnight. All right. So talking to you about your website, it, I agree with you. Definitely most important aspect to getting your digital marketing ramped up. Quick question though. You're an expert in this area. So tell our fellow sign shop owners out there that have, maybe they think their website's really nice. Maybe they think their website's informative. It's got a lot of great pictures of the work that they've done, but I've seen a lot of sign shop owners with your basic, I don't know, less than 10 page website. They have a services page. It lists the types of categories of signs that they do. And then when you click on that category, you get some photos, you get a couple of really great paragraphs of content there. But would you say that is the direction that they should be taking with their website? I think it's important to qualify it. If you're just starting out like a basic five page website, or it could just be like a single page website. It goes back to the goal of your website anyway. It's really easy to start building out a website and say, oh, hey, like we need this, we need that. We need all these other like resources and blog posts. But it, to me, you have to take it back to the actual goal of the website. If somebody lands on your website. It, the only thing you should be worrying about is getting their info and getting them to the next step in your funnel. So. You could do that with a single page website. You could do that with a 10 page website. You could do that with a large site that has SEO targeted pages. Let's say for yard signs in Chicago, Illinois, for outdoor business signs in Chicago, Illinois. There's all types of ways to do it. But the most important thing is when that visitor lands on your website, if they are looking for a vehicle wrap, does that speak to them? Does it check all the boxes? And are you capturing that information? Are you getting them to the next step in the funnel? Take the funnel piece and just lock it up in a safe somewhere. Hold on to it for a moment. Okay. I get that. Lead generation is very important. But what you just said, Chicago, Illinois, sign outdoor sign company, is that 
the direction that shop owners should be going when it comes from a marketing perspective to generate more leads organically or paid traffic? Should they be breaking down sign category to that level where they could say, instead of saying, yeah, we do channel letters, can we do, here's channel letters that we've done in your county, in your town, in your city, state, whatever. And it, will that help them generate more leads? If we're talking about Google, if you're not ranking for signs, your city and state on Google, you've got a problem just because you're practically invisible. If you're not on the front page of Google, when somebody searches signs, your city, your state, whoever's first is going to be getting a, a lot of those leads just mm -hmm. by nature of it. And there, there's a lot of things that you could do to improve that present. Google has local SEO kind of algorithm is a little different than like the rest of it. They do take into account that, that city and state. So if you're like an hour outside of Chicago, like Google's automatically going to give precedent to somebody that's inside Chicago, even if you are, or let's say you're ranking for signs in Chicago, there's some of those nuances to it, but absolutely more pages that you can add to your website that are specific to things that your customers are searching for. And it may not be channel letters. If I was a wholesale channel letter provider, I would absolutely target like channel letter keywords, but mm -hmm. a retail customer like a marketing manager or something, they may not know that they need channel letters. So to improve that online presence, you got to take a look at what customers are searching for. And there's a lot of keyword right. tool apps out there that can give you suggestions on what keywords to use. But usually the best place to start is like, what is my customer or potential customer? What's my ideal customer going to key into Google? when they're trying to find me. And that's where to start. If you've got the five page website, I would say a good thing to do over the next six weeks, take an hour every single week and put up just one more page on your website that is targeting one of the types of signage that you provide, or it could just even be just signage, create a page, call it signage in your city, your state. So signage, Bluefield, West Virginia, create a page on there. If for the URL, make it signage Bluefield West Virginia. Add a, a couple pieces of content, explain some of your services, include who you are serving, qualify your customer a little bit, say, hey, we help these type of people. Publish those things. Do it repeatedly. That will definitely help your rankings. But again, it, it's not overnight. So it's one of those things that you have to do consistently to see improvement. I can't do it all at once and expect to see like a dramatic increase in leads or my rankings. I mean, I, it's something you don't want to put off either. Well, it's funny that you said some of that because I was having a meeting with somebody earlier in the week who has a rap company and they're primarily wrapping vehicles, vans, trucks, what have you. But for the home services sector, they're doing a lot of plumbing wraps, plumbing company wraps, insect repellent wraps, lawn care. Anything that really revolves around the home and that's their forte. So what they told me that they were doing and they took that five page website, they had that five page website where it just said, we do wraps. Here's our portfolio page. Here's our contact page. Here's a little bit about us. And here's some testimonials, if you will. So it was a very small website, but they started to build out more pages progressively over uh maybe a three or four months period where they started to do main wraps 
air HVAC company wraps and they would have a whole landing page built on that content. Yeah. I love that. As a graphic designer, I can't tell you how many times, like I need inspiration when I have a design request like that coming in, Mike, maybe you could speak to this. Like when you're, I saw that ice cream wrap that you did the other day. I thought it was excellent by the way. But if you needed any inspiration, right, I'm sure we're, we've all done it. You go on Google and you type in ice cream van wraps and you try and see what's out there, what color schemes are using. Let me get some inspiration, design inspiration. And then that led me to the, this website where this is a company that specializes in what I'm searching for. So it may not be as generic as some of our fellow sign shop owners out there that have a five or under 10 page website. But when you do spend the time, again, this is just a time investment. When you do spend the time on drawing out those landing pages for your particular customer segment, right? It's not really a service segment, it's a customer segment. So we're, we're going after plumbing companies. Now plumbing companies, whenever they need a wrap, they're going to find this guy and it's actually going to happen quicker that probably with a bit more content behind it, a bit more fluff or meat and potatoes behind it, because they took the time out to draw up that content that then they can build out complete ad strategies on. They could do ads, pay-per-click ads, Facebook ads that direct that traffic to that landing page, which again, speaks to what you said earlier about the funnel, right? That's the most important piece. But again, uh, I guess my largest takeaway is that if you could do some sort of mm, time investment on your website that you'll, that's a, that's definitely going to help your marketing results. And I think you, you basically, you said that yourself. So Mike, I'm going to come back to you here a moment. And I consider you the analytical one out of this group. I think you're the, you're the one that's the numbers guy. I'm certainly maybe trying to be that, but where, what would you say is important for the sign shop owner out there, sign shop, print shop owner out there that how can they look at their marketing and know if it's working? What is it that they need to do as an owner? Forget about what they do, the manager, the project manager, the installer, but as an owner, what do they need to look at to see if their marketing is working? I would say probably tracking where those leads are coming from and then tracking the conversion rate on those leads to figure out what, what marketing areas you're targeting and which ones are successful, which campaigns are successful, which ones aren't. But I'd say that conversion ratio is tied to lead source would be what I would track. This is an interesting conversation because the last time I, again, I, I say this every time we all talk, I sold my shop almost 10 years ago now, and it's amazing how much the concept of marketing, especially marketing your website and online marketing and SEO has changed in that amount of time. I mean, the last time that I had a website built for an actual sign shop was probably 15 years ago. And the concept of SEO was in its infancy at that point in time. And really a website was just an online brochure, really not much else. Google found you like a miracle and nobody knew how to get Google to see your website at that point in time. So this is a really interesting conversation and some of it is definitely new to me as well. So. I feel a little bit out of my element in this conversation, to be honest. <laughs> but for me, that was, I think it doesn't really matter what the marketing effort is or whether it's technology driven or whether you're, you're tracking leads you get from your weekly rotary meetings at hometown. Just knowing how much effort, time and money you're putting into a particular marketing avenue versus what leads you're getting from it. And then what, which of those leads are converting to actual dollars. And it's, 
what I would pursue. So what would you, what would you say is the easiest way, if you could think of anything, what would you say is the easiest way to report on lead source? Like, how can I tell if somebody called my shop from, what'd you say, the Rotary Club? How do I know that? Without, do I have to ask on every time the call, the phone rings, like, how did you hear from us and make that part of our phone script? Or is that, is there an easier way to do that? I don't know. There may be an easier way now. I've definitely, I, I remember way back in the day when you would do yellow page advertising, you'd have a specific phone number just for that yellow page ad. And that's how you track yeah. it was people calling this one number. Okay. That, I know that came from the yellow page ad, obviously. Yeah. Google business will do that for you. Like they'll will give it? you okay. a, yeah, like online when they're searching for you, you could set it up so that it will give the number that they click on their phone to dial. It routes through them and then it connects to yours. That's how they know how many times people click to call you and things like that. So there's some cool. of this there for sure. Cool. So if I was setting up like a Google ad strategy, I want to know how that was performing. I could actually measure how many calls came in by them clicking on that link on their phone. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, I, there's obviously a, like a ton of other ways you could do it. I think it's best practice. Like when you had a conversation with a customer. Hey curious like how'd you guys find us how did you hear about us yeah that's that's what i do to this day i anybody any new lead that i get and my marketing from my little design business is not very sophisticated but everybody that i uh, every new lead i get i always ask me hey, how'd you find me and it's one of three places that they found me but it's always helpful to know I definitely know which of my marketing and advertising ventures are working and which ones aren't for sure. So there's interesting information to be gleaned from that. But yeah, back in the day, it was always either, how did you find us? Or they reached out directly to a sales rep and that sales rep knows where they met this person anyway, because they've encountered them before at a networking event or in the community or something like that. So then no, just through that, where they're coming from, but it wasn't an exact science back in the day. It still isn't. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah. And that's like part of it. Yeah. This conversation reminds me of one of the posts that I saw on like the sign shop talk Facebook group the other day. It was somebody was asking like, Hey, I had the partnership go bad and now I'm on my own. It was just me. I've got some XYZ equipment. I think this might've been a router or something, but her question was like, Hey, I need some business. What do I do? Like, how do I get customers? And everybody starts throwing out like the shotgun. Oh, like post on Facebook, I'll go door to door, blah, blah, blah. Just like this laundry list of marketing things that you could do or sales tactics, I guess you could call them. But like when it comes to marketing, I think the shotgun blast approach is just, it's just not going to work the way you want it to. If you're going to invest in your marketing, pick one or two, or at most maybe three kind of channels that you want to improve at one time. And really put a dedicated effort towards that. So it could be like, hey, do we want to build this, it, these particular pages for a specific customer niche or specific market that we're trying to target on our website and, and really focus on that for a while instead of let me try Facebook ads, let me try Google ads, let, let me just blast all this stuff out there because it, you're just splitting your focus and uh, your time and effort and I, it, the results of just, from what I've seen, are always kind of lackluster when you do that. All right. So I'm the old man here and I don't understand the modern world I'm surprised by. Technology scares me. So how do you convert leads on your website? Because again, I, me, a website's a brochure. 
the idea of using it as a conversion tool is a little bit foreign to me. So on my website right now, for example, like I've got obviously a lot of on every page, I've got a contact us for more information at the very top of my homepage. There's a little blurb and there's a button to click that links right to my calendar where you can book a discovery call to figure out how we can help you, blah, blah, blah. But, and I know there's a contact form on there where you can submit for more information, but I get a lot more visitors on my website than I get information back out of it like that. So how do you capture leads and convert those leads to potential business off of a website? That's just like a quiz at this point almost. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's two things, right? You've got like direct intent. Okay. Typing in signage, Google, Hey, I want a yard sign for my daughter because she's graduating third grade. Yep. Typing that in with like direct intent to buy. And then there's like indirect, which is like uh, what Peter was talking about. Hey, like, I'm just looking for inspiration. Maybe it's one of your customers. That's a plumber is they're thinking of doing a wrap for their van and they search a plumber van graphics examples. So, you know, like the direct intent, if we start there, like when somebody's keying in something into Google and they find your website, like they're searching for signage, you really don't need anything more than what we mentioned earlier, checking the boxes. Okay. Is this person a, a sign shop? Do they, do I like their website? Does their kind of brand like speak to me? Right. Do they look professional? And then really you just need a, like a contact form. And that could be like really sophisticated where we've, I think in our group, we've talked about like intake forms and getting more information out of the customer, or it could just be as simple as like name, phone number, email, and follow up with them on the indirect side. It would be more about capturing that information to add into your email marketing or kind of bring into your circle. So in that situation, if we stick with the wrap scenario, you might create like a, like a quick guide to vehicle wraps or something that you could promote to your visitors, to your website. And you just give that away for free to capture their details and bring them into your, your marketing, into your circle, into your funnel. You definitely want to optimize for the direct one first. Like you, if your website, if you get leads to your website that are coming through Google and they're buying signs and they're not converting on your website, something's wrong for sure. Good to know. That's it. I passed the quiz. I'm watching <laughs> Peter. I think Peter's microphone's broken again. Oh, shit. I can't see him. You're missing Peter banging his head against his microphone right now. I, I think we need to go back to the drawing board and spend the, at least another thousand dollars on toys and equipment. Maybe a new podcast recording platform. I think it, we've hit on like a lot of different within marketing, obviously like digital is a, a, a big focus for people now, but I feel like it's important not to neglect the other like offline styles of marketing, like direct mail or just being involved in your community. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even I mean, know I, how to like segue into other, just tell me your fucking bunny story, man. <laughs> so at my, my show, and this is actually something that I recommend everybody do is consider outsourcing your, some of your marketing, just because we are in an advertising or marketing adjacent industry like signage does not mean that we are marketing experts. And I think that's something that's important for people to, to recognize and accept and admit that may not be the best of marketing. So at my shop, I actually partnered with a marketing agency in town and a lot of work for them. So we ended up trading with them for some of our marketing services and it was a really great 
partnership. They did what they did really well, which was market our business creatively in ways that we never would have thought of. And we produced signage for them and their clients. One of the most successful campaigns we did was pretty entertaining. Unbeknownst to me, they got a, a picture of me and photoshopped me into a mm -hmm. pink bunny suit and the whole series of ads. And I didn't know this was happening until these ads, these, this marketing campaign actually went live, but 20,000 people got email blasts and we did a couple billboards around town, a few other mediums too, of me wearing a pink bunny suit. This is like an Easter promotion or like a spring promotion. And it's some bunny wants your business. It's super dumb. And like I said, I didn't know it was going to happen until my phone started ringing off the hook with customers saying, how the hell did they get you to wear a pink bunny suit for a photo shoot? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you, I've never worn a pink bunny suit in my life. To this day, nobody believes me, or I still have people that, that don't believe me that I was not wearing that bunny suit and I did not know it was happening, but it was, I would say that was almost like an introduction of viral marketing for me before the, I think the, the concept really even existed. I knew a lot of people in the community. We were pretty active and visible in the community and to see me show up in your inbox wearing a pink bunny suit definitely kept us top of mind with our clients. And we got, I want to say that promotion cost us maybe $4,000 altogether, $5,000 and memory serves. I want to say we, we saw a 40, $50,000 return on that within crazy 60 days. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, a, I would have never done. I'm not going to put myself out in a funny suit. That's crazy. And I never would have thought of that either, but it was a really effective strategy of going way outside the box, thinking differently. And it worked well. I learned a lot from that. Just putting yourself out there being a little bit weird, grabs attention. So yeah, market creatively. And don't be afraid to put yourself in a bunny suit. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I, if, if this takes off, those sign shops advertising themselves, like the owners are going to be in bunny suits. <laughs> I think you're part of the reason it hit home too, is because everybody knew me pretty well and knows that I'm a pretty like straightly. Yeah. I, I like to have fun and joke around, but like generally in a business setting, try to be fairly professional. So it was really out of character and just completely unexpected. Caught a lot of people off guard, which I think is why it was so effective. But I think yeah. it was the look on your face in the picture. That's <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It was like, just like, it's completely just dead face, facial expression, <laughs> which is great. Like I didn't look happy to be in that bunny suit, even though I wasn't actually in a bunny suit, but it was a great Photoshop job. But like I said, I, that's, I know it's not something that everybody could bite off and it's definitely an expensive thing to, to pursue, but hiring a marketing professional to take on some of that, some of that work for you is absolutely money well spent. They know what they're doing and you're going to get a return on it. So almost no, no way you're not going to get a return if you put that kind of investment into it and let go of control of it a little bit and trust somebody else to, to do what they do best. And I'm, I, I think it goes I would, back to what I was saying before, like when you're working on your own stuff, being designers. We just have this, oh, hey, like I'm not going to pay anybody. Like I'll do, yeah, I could do a postcard for our shop or, hey, I could do the logo or the website. And it's just that designer, like OCD is like killer when you're working on your own stuff. I'm guilty of it as well. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to what I said originally too, is marketing and sales aren't the same thing. Marketing and design aren't the same thing either. And just because design is a component of marketing, oftentimes it's a function of it, but it's not the marketing. It's just... It's just the lipstick on the marketing and the sign maker's ego, I guess we've talked about ego a little bit for a good designer. Then in our mind, anything that design is attached to automatically we're good at. Well, marketing requires some design, therefore I'm good at marketing. And that's not the case. Marketing isn't about what it looks like. It's about the message behind it. And marketing professionals understand that and they're able to craft that message beyond just the visuals of it. It says is more important than how it looks.
in, in most cases. It's got to look good and be attractive to prospective clients, but it has to deliver the right message as well. And that's where letting go of some of that control and letting an actual marketer take a stab at it, I think will deliver a message that lands probably better than what you came up with on your own. And also we're in the sign industry, we're running businesses. We all have extreme tunnel vision. We see our businesses in a very specific light in our own minds that our, our customers don't see our companies that way. They don't see our products the way we do. So having an outsider look at your marketing is valuable because they're going to look at it from an outsider's perspective. And they're going to see things and deliver messages in a way that we would never think of because we're too close to it. Yeah, I think that's a great point, man. Like one of the things I do with some of the clients that we do, what I call like the shop road mapping session is I get on a, like some one-on-one -on -one interviews with their customers and the reasons why a shop owner thinks a particular customer does business with them are sometimes <laughs> Never dramatically different it. than, yeah. yeah, than why the actual customer is doing business with them. It's one little step that, that kind of makes all the difference for that client and they don't even know about it. But once you do know about it, and that's what you're talking about, like a marketer that knows what they're doing will focus on and pick those things out, but take that message. Exactly. Really hard for a business owner to analyze their business through that lens and look at it objectively because there's a subjective view of your business that I don't think you can ever get out of entirely, no matter how hard you try. If your business is too close to you to really be able to look at it objectively or through the eyes of a customer. So yeah, that's really important. I can imagine that's, I remember I used to do a similar thing with my customers here and there. Why do you use this? What keeps you coming back? And it was never what I thought it was. It was never, yeah, we just like Mike. He's awesome. That was not a read people bought from us, even though in my head, <laughs> Hey man, we're awesome. Somebody likes. Yeah, but I think it's really easy for business owners to fall into that trap and get complacent. Is business coming in my door? Obviously, me, I'm personally doing something in it. That's probably not the case. It's probably a whole other reason why they're coming to you that you're not aware of and you're not capitalizing on it from a marketing standpoint. All right. I've heard you guys mention the word marketer a couple of times as I'm listening here and taking notes and thinking to myself, how would our listeners out there evaluate a marketer? Should that marketer have industry experience? Should they be working with other companies like ours where they can be smart and plug and play what their success stories are? Or are we looking for somebody that's outside the box? What should they be looking for when evaluating a marketer for their business? Personally, I don't think that they should come from this industry just because of what I just said. I think the closer you are to this industry or the industry that you're marketing in a way, the harder it is to resonate with the clients who aren't from that industry, but having a deep understanding of the industry is also critical. So it's kind of double-edged sword. And you're not going to find a lot of marketing companies out there that specialize in the sign industry. <laughs> yeah, you just not. Maybe one or two. I don't even know about that. And I would be hesitant to use them because I believe that I believe that they might not see the big picture. They might not be able to see the forest for the trees because they're too close to it. Like I said, having somebody that's a complete outsider that really is more in line with perception of your company from your client's perspective, I think would bring a lot of value to the table. So I don't know that I would go down the path of looking for an insider for it. Any marketing agency, any quote unquote marketer who's worth their salt is going to spend a lot of time with you and possibly your clients like, like what Brian does, understanding your business from your perspective and also from your client's perspective and putting two and two together to craft a message around that. A marketer that doesn't do that just says, all right, yeah, hey, cool. Here's my contract. Let's start building your website without doing any research to try and understand 
who you are, what you do, who you serve, what your value proposition is, they're not going to do a good job. I, I think that's critical. If it's industry focused or not, how they approach the, the project with you or how go through that onboarding. If it's just like you said, if it's like, Hey, here's what I offer. Like, uh, we could get started two weeks from now. Hey, we, this is the, the price, uh, versus taking the time to, to learn about the business, what you're trying to achieve, who your customers are, what, like what smiths you're trying to hit. If they're not asking this question and thank your person. Yeah, totally. Every business is different. Every sign business is different. Every, you'd have three sign businesses within a block of each other in the same town and they're all going to be different and they're all going to have different services and capabilities and different potential target clients. So it really takes effort and time to, to get below the surface and understand that it's not going to be an immediate thing. And hiring an agency or a marketer to do your marketing has to be seen as long-term investments. I'm talking like six months to a year minimum really start seeing any major major shifts in it's in business and it's slow and gradual and until it's not exactly yeah there, there, there is a tipping point where eventually yeah you like you, you go to that next level but it doesn't happen overnight and i think a lot of people get frustrated and disillusioned by that as well because they don't recognize that it's it's not sales it's not selling selling is more immediate selling is going out finding an immediate need or buyer with immediate need and closing the deal right there on the spot where marketing is the slow get them to remember you when they have that need that need might not arise for a while yeah i want to jump back to that question i was going to ask you peter and yeah I, obviously we're closing in on an hour or so but in your marketing like how much focus do you place on like finding new leads and customers versus like marketing to your existing customer base that's your question that is a great question. That is a great question. You, you have to do both. And if I could put a percentage on it, I'd probably spend a little bit more time spent marketing to new customers than I do my existing customers. But they, but there is a different type of marketing that we're doing to our, we already have our customers information. We already have their contact information. So we just need to educate at that point. Education is a little different in some aspects of lead generating from a new customer perspective to an existing customer. And what I mean by that is when you're attracting to a new customer, they're most likely looking for, let's call it, let's be black and white here, a price, right? They want a price on a project and that's most likely the outcome of how that will work. But when you're educating your existing customer base, you can enlighten them to some other additional services that you do that is not what they bought originally in their purchase history. So if you got somebody that bought a vehicle wrap, maybe they'll only come back to you for their next vehicle wrap or their next truck that needs magnets or their other fleet. They could consider you just their fleet guy, their graphics guy, but they have no idea that you'll do, you know, some of the other components of your services. So education there, very important. That's what I would do. I would, I'd be sending out an, a newsletter, a briefing, a blog article of some other projects that you worked on so that they can get educated to what, I mean, look, we all do so many different services. Not many of us are niche, are niche shops. So we all do everything from business cards to vehicle wraps and channel letter signs and monuments. Most of us do at least. We're never going to hard to turn that business down, but that's another, that's a conversation for another day. But at the end of the day, yes, you have to market towards both your existing customers 
and your new customers. And I think I, I tend to market more towards my new customers more. If I can put my finger on it, I'd say it's, I'd take a guess and say it's probably more like 70, 30 there. And, and if you're, and if it is that, disp- it's probably something I want to focus a little bit more attention on. I would implore you to place more emphasis on the existing customers because your cost of acquisition, like it's zero. You've already acquired that customer. When you think of it, the journey of getting sale from a new customer versus sale from an existing customer, that new customer has to have a need. They have to find you. They have to like you. You have to quote them. You got to build the trust. You got to sell the product, deliver the product. All of that, that's a lot when you think of it in terms of all the discrete steps that you have to go through that process, but your existing customers, and unless you've totally goofed something up, that trust is already there. I'll pose this question to anybody listening. How many times have you, a dear listener, heard from your customer? Oh, Hey, I didn't even know that you guys did that. Every day happens to me all the time. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, I'm thinking, I read a book a while, 15 years ago, it was a Mark, I can't remember who wrote it, maybe Seth Godin, I'm not sure, but it was, a line stuck out to me, What it, it was, the average business owner can increase their, the average business can increase their revenue by 25 to 75% by just marketing to their existing client base. Without doing, without bringing on a single new client, they can cultivate that much more work from their existing client base by just marketing directly to them on the services they didn't know they had. And I think in our industry, maybe 75% might be on the high side. <laughs> I started adopting that approach as well. And we were pretty aggressive with marketing to existing clients in a very different way than we did to potential new clients. But the return was insane. I, almost every customer without exception said, oh, that's cool. I didn't know you did banner stands or I didn't know you could do banners. I thought you only did electrical signs or whatever. I can't tell you how many times we showed up to install a channel or sign and there's all kinds of other signage there, window graphics and interior signage. Like, Why didn't you give us that work too? thought you only did this type of sign. And to us, that seems crazy. Like, why would you think that a, a company can say a business only manufacturing one type of sign? But to the customer, and like, they don't get slighted over it too. It's like, yeah. You get mad at the customer for being like, how would you not know that? But the reality is no, how, why would they know that? Unless you tell them they don't come from our industry. They don't understand. So it's a failure on my part or a failure on a business owner's part to, to not educate my client everything we can do. So yeah, there's huge value to marketing to existing clients. And I, I honestly, I would say if somebody wants faster re- return on their result or best return on their investment for marketing, market to existing customers first. Don't even try and market to new clients. Just put some muscle behind marketing to existing customers and you'll get a lot more business and you'll get it quicker than you would trying to attract new clients. Yeah, just, Good point. Just education. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, totally. If you're searching for how do I implement that? Like the best thing that you could do next week, set up an email marketing tool do like Peter mentioned, like a newsletter, drop some of your like client projects that you do every week, Hey, client project, type up a little story about it, send it out to your clients. Yeah. That's a great way to market to them on the down low where they don't really realize you're selling to them is you spotlight something that you did for somebody else is just, Hey, this is really cool. Look what we did. This is pretty awesome. And it's great social media content yeah, as yeah, well. Promote your customer to your customers. Don't promote right, yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And your customers will be like, oh man, that's my customer. That's my competition. I got to be like them. So they, then they're going to reach out. They're going to want to know more about it. Yeah. You're, you have a built-in engine to market. You've got, you've got the, the leads already on the hook, watching your content. They already like you. They already do business with you. 
their captive audience and you've got built-in content creation by the work that you do that you can take a picture of and write a sentence about it and send it out to everybody and you'll get orders from it. It's a guarantee. That's one of the few guarantees in this industry, I think. Yeah. I feel like it's often overlooked or you just can't see the forest for the trees as we've mentioned a couple of times. It's just, we're so busy. It stops. I haven't talked to a, a shop owner that they're like, oh, hey, I, I shouldn't be doing more marketing. Yeah. I, everybody knows they should be. It's just a, a matter of getting the plan it out or block off some time in your calendar, pick a day out of the week and you say, okay, work from home and this is my marketing day. Or like you mentioned, outsource it, hire a marketer. Yeah. Another really easy marketing thing, this is half marketing, half sales. Like one thing that you can do as well, that a lot of people feel to do or are afraid to do is just ask for referrals or set up a really <laughs> easy referral based system. Yeah. I love that too. So yeah. Like I said, it's more sales, but if your customers are happy with you, they're going to be your best marketers. A happy customer is a great salesperson, is a great billboard or advertisement for your business. But we all know, like everybody, if you, they have a bad experience, they're going to tell everybody that they know, but they don't really say much about having a good experience with somebody. So just pushing that, reminding people to refer them, refer you to their peers in their industry and people they know, other business owners, goes a long way as yeah, well. And it's set up it's scary to ask that the first couple of times. It's awesome. It's a, it's a super effective way to, to grow the business. Right. Name, name any business owner who, who doesn't primarily associate with other business owners and all of them are buying your product from somewhere at some point in time. And if, if you've got a customer who's buddies with 20 other business owners, ask him to tell his friends about you. You're going to get business from them as well. And like I said, set up a referral program of some sort where yeah. incentivize sure you who you're, who you're getting those referrals from. Well, yeah. The, Down at the racetrack. That's like just a given. I mean, I think that's a standing rule for anything that we talk about, regardless of the topic. Qualify your customer first. Yeah. Cool. Peter, this was you, man. Wrap this up. Bring it home. Slam it. All right. So round table, quick shotgun answers. What's your, what are your do's or don'ts when it comes to shop marketing? Brian, you go first. Don't turn off the faucet, right? Stole your thunder, right? Don't turn uh, off the faucet. Okay. Mike, what do you got? I'll word it differently, but the same answer. Don't stop investing in your marketing. And when you feel like you've invested enough in it, invest more. That should be a huge investment if you want to grow your business. So don't stop putting money and effort and muscle behind marketing regardless of what the economy is doing. Hey, my quick answer, that's a great answer, but my, I'm going to go against the grain, go a little different here. If you're going to invest in your marketing, which you definitely should, but if you're going to invest, you have to first find out the systematic approach to seeing if it works. If you don't know if your marketing works, you're probably going to stop marketing because you have no idea if it's working from a month to month basis or not. So you need to find the way to quantify the investment whether it's time or monetarily, you need to be able to report on that and see if it's working so that you can make monthly decisions or sometimes bi-weekly decisions when it comes to your digital side of your investing. So that's my two cents of what I took away from this episode here today, guys. Good point. Boom. So that is a wrap. Investing in your marketing. It's important. All right. See you guys next week. 
you liked this episode, make sure you hit subscribe to get all the latest episodes and check out our website, bettersignshop.com. Get free resources and helpful tools on growing your shop. Thanks for listening.